Hi, I'm Paul Stringflow and welcome to Tech Interviews. On this week's show, it's open source goodness everywhere as we talk open source databases. So settle back and enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to this week's Tech Interviews. Uh, so on the show this week, we're revisiting a topic that we did uh, oh, a, a few shows back where we looked at the world of open source and web scale databases and how that was changing the way that people are managing their data, uh, approaching the way that they kind of spread data and, and deploy infrastructure to, to deliver data and information. Um, and it was an interesting show and it got a, a, a lot of good feedback and we had a lot of interesting comments around it. So it was something that I wanted to uh, revisit. So that's exactly what we're doing this week. Uh, and to help me to do that, I'm joined by uh, Peter Zaitsev. Hi, Peter. Hello. Hi, how are you? You well? Great, great, thanks. Yeah, well, um, well, for, th- thanks for joining the show. Th- thanks for coming on Tech Interviews this week. Um, and we'll get a little bit into about kind of what you guys do and, uh, and some of your views on kind of open source databases and why the, there is this kind of shift into that technology area. But before we do that, why don't you um, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is you do. Sure. Uh, my name is Peter Zaitsev. Uh, I'm uh, uh, one of the founders and the CEO of uh, Pircona. And uh, what we do, we provide the uh, fully open source uh, platform for uh, Legion open source databases, such as uh, MySQL, uh, MongoDB, and, uh, and Postgres. It's, yeah, so uh, I, I deal them for this week's show, because um, if you'd said something other than open source databases, we may both have been in trouble. Um, so uh, so that's a good start. Um, so, well, well let, let's, let's dive into this topic then. So, uh, as I said in the introduction, we, we got a lot of really interesting feedback from uh, an episode we did earlier in the year, uh, or back end of last year, I think it was, where we looked at kind of web scale and open source and, and this kind of shift. Um, so, so, I mean, what's your take? Why is there this growing interest in things like MySQL and things like MongoDB you know why why is there this kind of interest in these databases you know well how, how's how's the market looking right now what's driving some of the shift to these technologies sure so uh, first I should uh, mention about the uh, open source uh, or free and open source uh, software in general I think there are kind of these two very different uh, school of thought right uh, if you uh, if you will uh, there are uh, certain folks uh, which are uh, focused on uh, uh, freedom and uh, openness, which comes with a uh, uh, free and uh, open source software. And this is definitely where the open source uh, uh, origins are. You know, like uh, think about Richard Stallman or uh, Linus Torvalds, right? If you uh, read what have been driven them uh, to uh, create open source software of a movement, right? This is all about the freedom and uh, openness. Now, if you look at the open source in the enterprise space, I think these are not the main moving factors, right? And enterprise adopts open source for much more uh, practical uh, reasons, right? Which are driven by uh, convenience uh, and uh, costs, right? And if you look at the open source uh, software, uh, and especially looking at the databases, You'll find first what developers uh, uh, love uh, open source uh, databases. I recently looked at the Stack Overflows, uh, the developer survey, for example, and uh, the, the only not open source database which made the list of top 10 database developers prefer, right? And that's uh, speaking about developers here, which is important, it was a Microsoft SQL Server, right? Uh, things like uh, Oracle or other proprietary databases where have not been even in. 
in that uh, in that top ten. Now, I think another important thing which uh, open source offers uh, for enterprise is this uh, freedom uh, from uh, vendor lock-in, right? Because if you are truly running open source, you have a choice of vendors, and you also have ability or an option to. Uh, do it yourself uh, in house, right? And that really puts you in completely different negotiating spots, right? Than if you're negotiating with uh, uh, Oracle, right? Uh, as, as I remember, visiting one of the customers, uh, Oracle customers, right? Uh, as well, and uh, I was like, "Hey, your guys are Oracle customers," and he would tell me, "Well, I should stop you right there. Oracle doesn't have customers. Oracle has hostages, right?" And I completely <laughs> stole it from him, right? And then I use that. At, every uh, open source uh, database conference I go to, right? And audience really loves that, uh, that job. Yeah, and, and just for anybody from Oracle listening, uh, obviously we don't mean that literally. Uh, that, that is merely a turn of phrase. <laughs> So, so it's interesting, and actually, this this idea of um, freedom from vendor lock-in, I think, is something that it, it, it's an interesting conversation at the moment. I think in a lot of enterprises, because I think you're right in terms of um, people at least like the idea of not having vendor lock-in. But obviously, a big debate we're seeing at the moment is around the move to public cloud, and one of the big concerns for people is, oh, well, if I go down the Azure route. And I am I locked into Azure? How do I make sure that I can get out again? Or if I, or, you know, similar for AWS or GCP or, or any range of, of of service providers. But then we often find that people then end up almost biting the bullet and saying, do you know what? I'm just going to go down the AWS route. I'm just going to because commercially or whatever it, it it looks, it's the easiest thing for me to do. And and I mean, is that something that you still see? So even though they like. But enterprise might like the idea of convenience and cost reduction, that sometimes the simpler move is, oh, but you know what, I'll just use SQL or I'll just use Oracle. Okay, uh, the, yes, uh, you're totally right. I think uh, there uh, is a fuse, right, and this convenience uh, on one side and the, uh, the, the other interests on another side, right, uh, they are always uh, often in conflict. And like another example I would uh, give you in this case, I think is very uh, interesting, is if you look at a lot of those open source um, open source events, right? You'll find a lot of those developers are using Apple laptops, right? And you can ask them, I mean, hey guys, I mean, you are open source dudes, right? Why Apple, right? Probably one of the most locked ecosystems uh, in the world, right, out there. And they'll say, well, you know what? Uh, this is because that's uh, much more convenient than running Linux. But you know what? If uh, mm, Apple will, you know, do something what we really don't enjoy, right, in terms of us not being able to support it, I can actually move my development environment to a Linux laptop or something else uh, relatively mm, easily, right? So that's uh, just potential of a vendor uh, of. Uh, 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 you know, move uh, is uh, is uh, is important, right? Out there. Uh, if you look at kind of more cloud uh, cloud case, I think these are uh, also also apply. Uh, and uh, I think we had a very uh, a lot of a movement uh, to a, to the cloud right now. A lot of that has been uh, driven by. Uh, by this matter of a convenience and even more so speed, uh, 
right? Uh, uh, where you would see their teams, which will be tasked with, uh, with achieving results fast, right? They wouldn't be able to move as quickly within the constraints of corporate IT would uh, move to the cloud and deliver projects, right? Uh, score something uh, inside the company, right? And that's how the uh, cloud mentality has been, uh, been growing. Uh, what we see now, and I think that is a tendency of the last few years, is what uh, uh, now for many corporations, the cloud bills are getting high enough to warrant the CFO's attention. And they <laughs> are also growing uncomfortably quickly, mm -hmm. right? People say, well, you know what? We cannot really sustain that kind of uh, growth in our uh, cloud expenditures, right? So for the long term. And uh, with that, uh, all those kind of gains uh, in, uh, in uh, you know, productivity, convenience, agility, right, and so on and so forth, they start to become uh, more important to balance uh, according to the cost which come for that, right? And uh, what is the best way uh, to, uh, to have a good ne negotiating power is, of course, the multi-cloud strategy. Right. So like uh, if you look at a decade ago, many companies would say, hey, you know what, we're not just buying the servers only from IBM. We buy from IBM and HP, for example, right? Or HP and Dell, doesn't matter. So we do at least have a two vendors so we can make sure we can shop around and, and bring the price down. We understand if it's only one vendor and you have no other choice, then it's not going to be as cost, mm. as cost effective. Right, and yeah. with that, we see uh, increasing interest of uh, of large companies of uh, looking at uh, multi-cloud or uh, or hybrid environments. Uh, right, where you would run some things in the public cloud and some uh, for whatever reason in your uh, in your private uh, uh, private data centers. And uh, if you look at that, when you uh, look at the open source database. In particular, it is uh, it's really change, right? Because you have to choose either you are going this convenient database as a service route, right? And you are using Amazon Aurora or uh, Google Cloud SQL, right? And so on, right? Or uh, and in this case, those solutions are kind of different between those clouds. They're not easily transform uh, portable, right, from one another. Or you can do it uh, yourself. You know, build that on you know, compute and storage environments, but then you are uh, losing, using a lot of value and flexibility, uh, right, those clouds provide, right, which is a which is tricky trade-off. Yeah, uh, so it's interesting, I, uh, you know, it, it perhaps wasn't the route I'd, I'd expected the conversation to go, uh, and because I'd not really thought about it, um, but it, it, it's, a, it's a really interesting parallel, isn't it, that you know, is, is one of the things that you're seeing driving um, the adoption of these kind of open source databases within the enterprise. It's actually been driven by by that piece in the cloud, because I think I, I made a note while you, you speaking there that actually open source databases are very much at the heart of the way the big hyperscale clouds provide database services out to their customers. Even in Microsoft's case, you know, I can go to Microsoft and utilize open source databases rather than utilize SQL. And Microsoft are quite happy with that running on Azure. Um, you know, and, and that 
as you said there, you know, that uh, as we talked about kind of cloud locking, mm-hmm. you know, just to go and prove that Oracle aren't the only people who can have their uh, hostages rather than customers. Mm-hmm. It, it's that idea that if I do want to be able to have portability of, of information, if I do want to be able to have a multi-cloud strategy, that the only way I can do that is to have consistency of the way that I I build that infrastructure. So if I'm going to run a certain type of database on-prem, I need to be able to run something similar inside of the public cloud. So, I I mean, is is that accurate? Is that kind of what you're seeing, that that, that one of the drivers for for this kind of movement within an enterprise is actually what the public cloud providers have been doing over the last five, six, seven years? Uh, Well, uh, first, I I should say, uh, is that if you look at the open source databases moving uh, to uh, enterprise, right? They uh, really predate, uh, especially database as a service, uh, the, uh, right? Uh, getting, uh, getting popularity. Uh, at the same time, I think uh, that has been accelerated uh, with that because if you look at the cloud, for example, and look at the uh, Oracle uh, database and something like Amazon Aurora, right? Which run in the cloud, they do provide on a high level a lot of the same features and same guarantees, right, which your enterprise got used to. It's not like you're getting going to get better SLA, right, data availability uptime if you use Oracle and Amazon Cloud than if you use Aurora, right? Probably it's going to be uh, is going to be uh, is going to the opposite. But I also would point out, right, when you talk about the open source databases in the cloud, right, this is uh, kind of a wrong user feature, right? Because uh, Amazon Aurora is not open source, right? They mm-hmm. are compatible on some level with open source MySQL. But this is typically have uh, is the Hotel California compatibility, right? It's something what makes you easy to move from uh, MySQL to Amazon Aurora, but yeah. not particularly <laughs> easy to move back to the yeah. fully open source uh, edition, right? And every cloud vendor is really looking at that, right? So, for example, if you look at the Microsoft, they recently bought the Citus data, right? And uh, so they can provide this value-added hyperscale Postgres, which has, of course, more and better features, the, uh, which uh, open source uh, uh, Postgres, right, out there. And this is actually great for a lot of uh, PostgreSQL customers, but in this case, you are giving up some of that freedom that open source gives you, right? And I would say what moving, for example, from Amazon Aurora back to MySQL, if you have to, or Google Cloud SQL, is going to be substantially easier than, let's say, moving from Oracle to MySQL, right? But it is not going to be, uh, you know, completely frictionless, right? Because it is different software. So the um, so so that's it. well that kind of leads into to the qu- a question I had for you, which was, you know, I think the idea of uh, you know having more flexibility, um, you know, being able to reduce cost and have more choice in the, in the kind of the way you deploy things makes sense for a lot of enterprises, you know. Um, but we touched on earlier on that maybe out of convenience, those enterprises are choosing to stay with a established database, you know, whether that's SQL Server or whether that's Oracle or whether that's something else, it doesn't really matter. But they're choosing to stay down that route. Um, but beyond that, I mean, what what are 
what are some of the challenges that would that is, is currently stopping enterprises from embracing this? Because you know, as we say, that the, the certainly the idea of a, a little more flexibility is never a bad thing. But 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 what are some of the challenges you see? Well, uh, what we see in terms of uh, uh, enterprise, right? I think there is a lot of inertia, uh, a lot of uh, I would say entrenched politics and uh, and interests, uh, uh, right, which uh, exist uh, in this case, right? Because Frankly, if you think we are going to go ahead and uh, replace, uh, let's say, some Oracle, uh, right, uh, in uh, uh, in companies, right, and there would, would be some, you know, DBAs, which, for example, have been Oracle DBAs for last 30 years, right, they know in and, in and out, right? It's uh, often scary for them, right, if a new technology comes in, right, uh, especially if it's not just... Uh, uh, let's say go into a MySQL database, but more kind of complete transformation to a cloud native technology or something, or something like that, right? Uh, their job at risk, uh, in this case, potentially, right? And they often would fight that tooth and nails. And it's kind of was very interesting for me to observe some of the very similar projects in the enterprise companies, right? And if you can say, hey, you know what? If a team wants things to happen, they will move the application, let's say, from or Oracle to Postgres. The same uh, uh, kind of application, other organizations, when team does not want that to happen, right? And they will fight a tooth and nail, will find an excuses to can convince the management that that's utterly impossible, right? Uh, so I think that is the main uh, reason of that. Now, I want to say that that is what there are still, if you look at the open source databases and uh, uh, proprietary databases, there are, some features which exist in proprietary database which are more advanced than for open source databases. Mm -hmm. But that gap is continuing to shrink. And I would say there is, you know, probably single digit uh, percent of applications which actually require uh, a proprietary database and which cannot be moved to the open source database these days. Yeah, I think that I think that thing about inertia is a really interesting point, and I think we, you know it's something that I see in, in kind of my day job around. We can have lots of conversations around all kinds of topics, and and a big inhibitor in lots of organisations is that idea of inertia. You know, we've always done it this way, or like you said, we you know we've got a twenty year investment in this technology, and I really don't want to change. Mm -hmm. and, and that can be, you know, and that can have a huge impact on an organisation if you don't know how to deal with it. So, you know, so if, I, so if I'm listening to this as, you know, and I'm a, a CIO somewhere and, that, and I'm maybe I'm exploring the idea of, of open source and open source databases because there may be some other things, you know, it may be scale, it may be quick deployment, uh, it may be just consistency in, in lots of places and those kind of things interest me. I mean, what, what are some of the, the tips that you could offer that says, well, here's some ways that we can overcome some of those problems. What, what are some of the things that somebody should be thinking about? Well, uh, so what I have uh, seen is... Uh, in many cases, when this migration comes as a question, right, especially for cost reasons, uh, some people approach right and say, well, you know what, we have this, uh, you know, giant Oracle power of applications. And if you only could move that to the open source database, you can send, uh, 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 save uh, $10 million a year, right? And that is a big saving, big potential. But the problem is it's hard and hairy, right, uh, to actually make that move. And uh, it's very easy for kind of project to run out of steam before uh, before being completed, right? In this case, uh, my suggestion would be first is uh, to start adopting then uh, their open source database for new developments, right? 
And think about this, right? If you look at the new companies which uh, came about, uh, the startups, right, started in the last uh, five years, a very, very small fraction of them actually started the new greenfield uh, development on open source, uh, on proprietary databases, right? Hmm. It's almost never happens, right? So unless you have entrenched uh, interest, right, or some legacy technology which you just adopted and you have commitment to that, the open source database is absolutely uh, obvious choice with this, right? So start doing new developments in your organization of open source databases. The second is look at open source database as a part of your technology stack refresh. So for example, many companies are moving from the Java monolith to, for example, microservices architecture, right? Or serverless, right? Or, or whatever it is. Uh, as you do that, then that is also very good a choice to, um, uh, to make it d a different choices on a database technology, right? Without making that database, uh, database technology alone, trying to kind of lift and shift uh, uh, application, right? And a third thing for your existing applications, which you are not flying to rewrite so for a long time, uh, focus first on the easy, uh, uh, simple and easy applications, which may not uh, give you that big back return first, but which show your organization what that's possible, right? That works. Hey, you know what? Yes, we migrated application. It took us not so much time and actually it worked, it doesn't go down, right? Because getting that confidence in the uh, organization, that which uh, can then fuel uh, and make possible much larger uh, migration projects. Yeah, and I think that's a, I actually think that's a great tip. You know, it's to, it's to focus on the stuff that is easy to do is probably the wrong phrase, but I'm, I'm going to go with that for now, but it's relatively easy to do and can show the value then of this kind of adoption of open source databases, you know, rather than trying to take the, you know, the company ERP system that currently sits on inside of SAP, sat on top, top of Oracle, trying to take that and say, oh, that should go and live in MongoDB. And we're going to do this huge shift in the back end. That's a huge, expensive, risky project. And I think, as you said at the start, that, that they quickly run out of steam because nobody really has the appetite for that kind of well, thing, but to maybe take a... Sorry, yeah, go on. Yeah, I think uh, what you also mentioned, another important point, right, is uh, it's often easier to move the applications which you developed in-house compared mm. to the applications which are pretty much third-party applications, right? Because yeah. uh, if uh, you're buying some application and it only supports you know, Oracle, right, well, uh, there is not much you can do, right? Uh, rather than to convince the vendor what they need to do work to uh, uh, to move that. And I think what we have seen uh, that is often becomes the last uh, bastion of a proprietary database in the enterprise, mm -hmm. right? Because I think uh, mm, uh, you know m m Oracle has done those partnerships really well, right? And a lot of vendors are going to still only run on Oracle, right? Because that's in their best commercial interest, not because it cannot be done in other databases. And I think you are starting to see a shift, aren't you, though, from vendors who have maybe built their applications to use a proprietary database at the back end, whichever one that might be, and are starting now to shift into looking at different different database technologies it's not necessarily just cost and i'm sure that play does play a part mm -hmm. but sometimes it is scale it's the way the database works it's the ability to as you touched on before maybe to containerize a database and you can do that with 
maybe an open source database which you could never do with a you know with a sql you know you you couldn't you, you you just can't easily do do that kind of shift and i think we are starting to see that where people are particularly in the space that i work in a lot of time around data management you know lots of these vendors are now starting their search engines their indexing engines mm-hmm. and using open source d- databases where they can be more flexible with with how they use it so so i think that's a it's an interesting shift but well look before we kind of as we, we come to the end of our type recording time here um there's a couple of things i did want to kind of touch on quickly with you um and one of them is we obviously we've talked generically about uh, kind of this area and how it's shifting and, and what some of the you know some of the things that stop enterprises adopt uh, stop enterprise adoption and you could just give some great tips on how to overcome that um, but tell us a little bit about what you guys do because um there's a couple of things that you do that caught my attention but but and I'll ask about that in a sec, but it gives a little bit of background on what Pacona do and, and how you uh, help businesses in this space. Yeah, sure. So uh, as I uh, mentioned uh, in the start, right, we used to provide the platform and the solutions uh, for the companies looking to embrace uh, open source uh, databases, uh, uh, namely MySQL, uh, MongoDB, and, uh, and Postgres. And uh, uh, we provide uh, support, uh, managed services, uh, as well as professional services, such as uh, consulting and training around those uh, technologies. Uh, we also provide a lot of uh, software to, uh, which can help you to uh, run those uh, technologies, uh, technologies better. And uh, I think what is unique uh, here for Percona is what our software is uh, truly open source, right? We're not doing open core, shared source, right, open source eventually, or some other kind of uh, bait and switch uh, open source like uh, like models. Uh, so, for, so for example, we have Percona server for MySQL, which is essentially MySQL community, but it is enhanced with uh, uh, majority of the features which you would only find in MySQL enterprise, which is not open source, right, such as Pluggable authentication or auditing uh, advanced scalability or uh, or encryption. So no, th- that is uh, that's in a nutshell. Yeah, and I think um, we, we talked before we started recording actually about something I, I, I'm a big believer in as well, and um, uh, and I, I'm sure you were too too humble to mention it there. But yeah, you know, I think one of the things that really struck me when when we were talking and when I'd, I'd done a little bit of research on you guys was that kind of idea of doing what's right for the customer. You know, this is not about you selling your stuff or selling your services. Um, you know, this is very much about understanding what a business is trying to achieve and and you helping them to get there uh, which included a great example you gave me of actually telling them that the best thing to do is not to do anything so you know so, so i think that's i think that's always refreshing to hear um now there's, there's something on your your website that um had caught my attention um and i just wanted to ask you about it because um it, it sounded really good and I, I wanted to know what it was uh, so it's so on your website you talk about the cloud native mm-hmm. autonomous database initiative yeah. can, can you tell us a little bit about that oh yes uh, of course and uh, this is going uh, on actually, or based on what we started talking about the cloud, right? Those kind of two needs from one side, we want the convenience, uh, uh, right? But then we also want to be able to uh, move workloads among the cloud, public uh, and private, right? And uh, actually there is a, uh, this uh, cloud native technologies, right? And uh, uh, especially with Kubernetes, Right, uh, it really arose over the next uh, over the last few years as a solution for uh, these general problems, right? Because if you are using uh, uh, Kubernetes 
API or as kind of operating system for your data center, then you can deploy your uh, application, your databases, right, or on any cloud, right, or on uh, on-prem, right, with fine effect uh, support Kubernetes uh, distributions, right. Uh, and uh, this is uh, what uh, uh, we are uh, building on uh, with our uh, cloud-native uh, database uh, initiative. Uh, what our goal in this case is to provide you uh, the convenience of uh, Amazon database uh, as a service, such as Aurora or RDS, but in the fully open source package, right? Something mm -hmm. which you can... Uh, really uh, deploy on any cloud or, or on-prem, right? So that is uh, that initiative uh, in the nutshell, right? Now, I would, yeah. Yeah, just so carry on. Yeah, and I would say for us that is uh, in, uh, it is in the early stages, right? So we now have shipped what's called a Kubernetes so operators, uh, right? That is essentially that piece of technology which uh, uh, runs a database in those cloud environments, right? It uh, introduces features such as self-healing, right? Or very or automatic backups, right? And really uh, reduces substantially amount of their uh, DBA time, right? Which would be uh, spent on what's called toil, right? Some of the repetitive tasks which could be possibly automated. And we are working on taking that or much further uh, than that in uh, really making uh, that very easy for developers to uh, deploy and manage. Yeah, and I, I think, um, I was going to say earlier, I, I think technology like that is increasingly important inside of inside of the enterprise. You know, it's that idea of automated, consistent deployment. And, you know, because that, that, that's not only important in, time, in terms of saving time, but it's important in making sure that we always get a consistent experience. We're deploying securely. We're meeting any kind of governance and compliance requirements. Because I think if we leave infrastructure build down to a developer or to, you know, Fred in IT on a Monday, but it's Frida in IT on a Wednesday, potentially you get very, very different implementations. And that, that then makes it hard to do that at scale, to do that, um, you, know, you know, to do that in the best way and follow all the good practice, because ultimately humans are, you know, can, can be creative and just kind of follow their own, own you know, take their own version of an installation document and say, yeah, I, I know what it says, but I like to do it this way. Um, so I think that kind of repetitive, autonomous type of approach to to infrastructure deployment is is, is really valuable. And well, look, we're, we're kind of wrapping up um, on, on time here. So, um, so you know, so if people have listened to this and really want to find out more about Adipacona or about open source databases, uh, what's a good way to do that? And I know you've, you guys have got an event coming up in a couple of weeks time as well that, that people may be able to uh, maybe able to come along to as well but, uh, but yeah you, well, what's a good way to find out more about you guys and, and, and this topic in general yes well uh, thank you for for mentioning event uh, uh, we indeed have a, a conference called the uh, corner live uh, in uh, Amsterdam coming up uh, on September 30 and uh, this is focuses uh, uh, around the open source uh, database technology uh, we support we shall have you'll hear a lot about both what the corner has to offer with our uh, the technology stack, as well as uh, uh, what developments are happening in those uh, uh, open source database ecosystem in general, right? So uh, I think especially if you do not know a lot about open source databases, that can be a fantastic event to attend to cover more than one technology uh, in, uh, in, one, in one event. And he said, and that's in Amsterdam, he said? Yes, that's in Amsterdam. 
Yeah, so that's a, so from the UK, that's a cheap and a short flight. So, so no excuses. Um, and, and so, but if people can't get along to that, I mean, will they be able to follow it online or oh, yes, see recorded yeah. sessions uh, afterwards uh, as well? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right. So, obviously, there is a Percon.com uh, website. Uh, we also have a uh, blog focused on uh, the open source database and performance, right? You can, uh, you can follow that or follow us. On uh, on Twitter, uh, if you are interested in open source databases, you'll find a lot of interesting stuff out there. So, well, you just you mentioned uh, Twitter there. So, so if people do want to kind of follow up with you or, or contact yourselves or per, yourself or Pacona, uh, what's the best way to do that? Oh yes, uh, you can uh, follow up with that on uh, uh, Pacona on uh, on Twitter, or you can obviously see. Uh, they contact us through a website. Uh, I think we are uh, easily reachable. Easy, easy to find. That's what. what yeah, I like yeah. That's what I was like. Uh, you kind of stop with that question. We can say, well, okay. <laughs> what do you mean? Just put, <laughs> it's all right put, there. Yeah, put, put. Put put in put Pacona in a search engine. You're bound to find them, and and you will. Um, so, well, Peter, look, I, I think this is. I, I do think it's a really interesting topic here, and I think it's something we're going to revisit again on on tech interviews in the future because I, I don't see a slowdown in the adoption of this kind of technology just because of the way infrastructure is having to develop to meet some of the you know the scale and and deployment demands that uh, that i think more and more of us are coming across so um so look th thanks for sharing your experience it's um uh, and certainly be keeping an eye on that uh, autonomous database initiative as well i think that's a really interesting idea and um, but hey thanks for coming on the show look forward to having you again uh, in the future thank you I hope you enjoyed that for show notes pop over to techstringy.com we'll also find all of our previous tech interviews episodes Next time, we're taking a look at how AI is changing the world of communications compliance. So to make sure you catch that show, why not subscribe? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud and Stitcher, as well as all other good homes of podcasts. And if you'd like to be a Tech Interviews guest or have got an idea for a show, why not drop us a line at podcast at techstringy.com. So, until next time, thanks for listening.